This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Team Stripes Podcast. Joining me as always is my co-host, Nat Swanson. Nat, what is up, my friend? Hey, man, how you doing? Doing well. Not a whole lot's up, just here for another episode, right? Hell yeah. This is going to be a fun one. So we're going to jump right in. No shenanigans. Um, Talking about other things. We can do that on the tail end. So joining us is BCHL referee number nine, uh, Eric Rushin. What is number up, nine Eric? in your program, but number one in your heart. Number yes, one. Absolutely. You Long time listener, it. first time caller. Uh, how's it going, guys? <laughs> well, welcome hey, to man. the program. How's it going? We're we're glad Good. you're a longtime listener and a first time caller. So yeah, we're just jumping right in, man. Uh so Eric and I have been like chat back and forth on Facebook for I couldn't tell you how long. And um we uh was like, you know what? Just, just come on, man. Let's talk. There's, there's a lot to talk about, especially with uh, the league you're working for. Yeah. So we'll go. We're just gonna go with. We're gonna go typical format, right? So yeah. Why, why just start reffing? When just start reffing? I started really late. Uh, I didn't start till I was 27. Okay. Literally just started to make some extra money and kind of stay in hockey and got a lot of positive feedback first year and started pushing my way through and just kept grinding until i got to junior a level nice where uh yeah. where did you start playing hockey when did you start you know or what level and what level did you kind of get to when you were playing um started in red deer alberta like most canadian kids my dad had me on skates at three four years old on an outdoor well, rink freezing my well, freezing my toes off i thought you were born with skates on yeah pretty much it hurts a lot for the females up here. Yeah. <laughs> and we uh, we ended up getting a key to the outdoor shack, and we'd play until the lights went off, and then somebody would run back inside, flip the lights back on, and we'd play until some adult came out and said that they were ready to go to sleep next door <laughs> and head home. And nice. I stopped playing at 13, uh, tried to go back 13, tried to go back for my last year of midget to hang out with my buddies, didn't have the love for playing anymore, helped my dad coach my youngest sister for a couple years, and then stopped skating until I moved down to Lethbridge and picked it up again at 27. Like I said, it was a long hiatus, and then I wish I would have started officiating in my teens instead of waiting so long, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, what what made you come back, right? So you're 27, you know, you're you're established, and you're like, you know what, I can skate. I just... A little extra beer money would be awesome. Is that kind of how it worked out? That, getting back into hockey, and I had worked on the rigs for two years and got fat and wanted okay. to get back into shape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're like, like man, so, I've been... If, been if, I can get, yeah. if I can get paid to get back into shape, it's even better. That's fair. So, oh, that's absolutely. Fair. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So what, uh, all right. So tell everyone like, so what are you working now? So how long you been with the BCHL? Like, what was that process? What was the process of getting 
into the BCHL? Like what, what, uh, how did, how did you get there? Uh, so I started, um, my first year in the AJHL was 2017. I missed okay. Kale McCarr by one year in Brooks, which is unfortunate. No, oh, apparently he was just dusting kids out there as an 18, <laughs> as a 17, 18 year old. That's awesome. Um, started there, worked there for a couple of years. And then I got a phone call from Brad Lazarowicz, who's VP of officiating and player safety for the BCHL. Now three, I guess it would have been three seasons ago asking me if I wanted to work because Cranbrook BC got an expansion BCHL team. And okay. I am closer than almost every other center in the BCHL for them to bring officials in. So okay. me and another referee got hired to go work out there. And then I've worked there the last two seasons for Brad and with the BCHL going independent this year, he phoned and asked if I wanted to stay on with the league and they've treated me really well and they're giving me some opportunities. And I said, absolutely. So, okay. Yeah. Well, obviously we got to talk about, we got to talk about that part of it. Right. Um, yep. but, but, well, but, but real quick, we'll, we'll right get before there that. Though. Yeah. We'll yeah. get there real quick. Right. So, so you didn't go, so you're one of the guys, like you're just, just a kind of an iron, you know, work in the, the iron league. Right. So you're just, you're just kind of grinding away and didn't really go to any camps to get picked up or just like, Hey man, I'm just working the leagues, the best leagues that I can, uh, in the area that I am. And, 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 you know, the phone rings and, and you get kind of getting the call up, right? Like there's no. So what happened with me, dad is starting at 27, I started aged out already of the development program for hockey Canada. Right. Uh, kind of the development system for hockey Canada is you get identified by your regional and you get sent to what's called your zone camp at the time. And so your top 12, 16 officials from your zone, I'm in the South zone of Alberta would get sent in at our time. We'd compete for two spots to go to what's called the Alberta cup, which is uh, second year Bantam 14 year olds. Okay. Showcased in Alberta. And then from the Alberta Cup, you go to what's called the Alberta Development Camp. And then from the Alberta Development Camp, you have this option to go to the officiating program of excellence. Uh, like I said, I went to one zone camp at 28, got told I was too old to go through the development process. And I decided that I was just going to be so good that I would get opportunities that they couldn't deny. That's and awesome. I just grinded Not my ass way off. To do it. Went into midget AAA. Um, got worked the last home game of every playoff season that I worked in midget triple a junior B until they didn't really, I basically the call on the zone was like, we have to give Eric an opportunity at the AJHL. He's earned it. He's worked so hard. Like he's our top ranking guy. Like he's got to be there. Right. And then in my first year, the AJHL worked to the second round of playoffs. Second year worked third round fourth full season i was league finals so that's awesome and then yeah, like i awesome. said got, got the call from brad and I, at the time i was able to work both leagues so it was difficult managing two junior a schedules and it was a lot of time away but yeah so and that's yeah. something that just goes to show right like if you work your ass off it's gonna pay off yeah yeah like, that, that if you're going, if you're at any given rink on any night and you're going up and down the ice, working your tail off, someone's going to see you and you're going to get to the point where they can't deny that, Hey, this guy's good and we need him on the ice in our games. Yeah. 
man, and that that's something that I try to tell a lot of young guys here because everyone wants to go to the combine or everyone wants to go to like, you know, and in, in, you know, on the American side into futures camp and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, guys, just, you know, the, the best advice that I've gotten over the last 20 years is guys work the best hockey that you possibly can in your area and be really good at it. Yep. You know, like, um, don't get me wrong. I'm, I hold a little bit of a grudge in a lot of things and I'm pretty upset that I never got the opportunity to do that stuff because I see guys that I compared against within my Mm -hmm. zone, knowing that I pushed past them, getting those opportunities. And I'm like, well, Oh, I, I trust me. I I totally get that. And and I beat the current number three car in our three lap test at the only zone camp I went to. So take that schlanks. Perfect. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Perfect. Like the gauntlet's been thrown. But as someone, as someone that also like I never got to go to futures regional camp, any of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Knows the grindstone. I, you know, went off to the ODP and um, whatever. So I trust me, I totally get it. Right. Like, yeah. Like, Oh, we're not, you know, too old, whatever. Well, you just, you know, go out there and show that the hard work and the ethic and, you know, learning the rules and just doing everything like that's what gets you to the place you want to go. Yeah. And it, it was a lot of time me sitting in rinks with high level guys, just asking questions, sitting there being like, Hey, this situation going to, we had a university team. I would just go to the university games and sit with guys that weren't working and be like, Hey, this situation, what are you doing? What are you looking for here? Like, this guy's taken off. Are we taking off with him or are we reading that like that defenseman's going to pinch the puck here? Right. So. Right. Yep. And then for a lot of our American officials that maybe not understand the Canadian junior system. Right. So you have your major junior, yeah. which is your, you know, CHL, OH, OHL, WHL, Q and Western hockey league for us, which would be equivalent yep. to you guys having the USHL is what they, yep. they come. And then you have, to which is junior a, but you also have other junior a, which is your AJHL BCHL. So I was told that they've eliminated the junior a classification for the CHL. It's now just the CHL. There's no longer okay. junior a. It right. used to be so that it's we just had called major, the Canadian major, hockey yeah, major junior a and tier two junior a, which would have been, like you said, BCHL, AJHL, Sask, Manitoba, Ontario has like four or five leagues. So, Okay, so like basically every every provident or providence every province, yeah, more or less has its own top tier junior A league. Yes, it's not like down there with the null where you've got the divisions and stuff like that, and they yeah. play within other states. Correct. Okay. okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, and, that, and that's something that also like kind of exists here. I know that that for a while the USHL was saying, "Hey, we're just tier one. We're not junior A, right?" Like there's yeah. Yeah, tier one, tier two, tier yeah, three. Yeah, tier one, tier two, tier three. Yeah. Right. And it's it's like, hey, junior A doesn't it's tier one, junior, tier two, like kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, it's just a different classification, right? Like our tier three yeah. would be junior B, right? So we've right. got a town in Coldale, fifteen minutes from where I live. It's and that would be like your NA three, basically. Right. Yeah. You know, well, and even our kind of single A stuff with the uh, you know, like the federal prospects hockey league and the southern pro league I mean, those mm-hmm. if you look at what those teams are doing they're they're a lot like what the major juniors are where it's well, you know more of the like senior they'd be like type. yeah senior probably yeah. up here yeah so, you know but, you know, but the, i'm just saying like pay scale and stuff like that like when you're making 150 bucks a week that's 
you know you're uh, making 150 for like fed yeah oh no 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 not the, for the referees not for the, the referees I, I, I will say, more? Uh, hold wait. on stop our yeah. senior is like not even a hundred bucks oh wow really wow. yeah true it's yeah no way yes okay it, it might be it might be 100 a, now and each wow. town has a senior yeah. a team uh we've got four in our area right now okay interesting yeah wow there, there may be some more i don't know we had a bunch of teams drop and then a bunch of teams want to join back up and it's i mean it's wild so up here man i won't i won't it's, tell it's you but i won't tell you what guys get paid to 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 ref down here in uh in michigan just for acha but i'll tell you it's a lot more than <laughs> yeah uh, just for the college club stuff but um well they got to spend is, all those bursaries somewhere yeah yep. <laughs> yeah you know which, what you're not, you're not wrong you're not wrong obviously the college club circuit's wild enough as it is right oh, man, it's a lot of fun i love it um, i just anywho, love the cake hangs that those guys rock out there yep <laughs> like that well, picture then, we were uh, talking about ross that absolute yeah. fridge in arizona with the cage hang yep with the cage hang looking like jj frankie jj with his Just size like hammered slices between periods <laughs> buddy you look like you could go for a slice put on I some smoke cup meat, frankie i'm gonna be in your kitchen all night <laughs> absolutely oh my god yeah like and it's funny too because like you're some like the jerseys like we go back and forth on that stuff too and they get pretty creative in that college club um oh, so good so and good. like those guys are paying for it too those aren't coming from the school right those are all nope. like those club guys are paying yeah for the most part yeah yeah some some schools support but for the most part uh yeah those guys are paying must be nice um, to have rich parents i wish right <laughs> man yeah or or you or you just you're just going into hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt but you know what to live your glory days at 20 yep. michael you know, scott and i declare bankruptcy <laughs> yeah say it, perfect. i declared it yeah <laughs> oh man so awesome. getting back on getting back kind of on track here um with the bchl um obviously right they they decided over the summer that they wanted to do their own thing yeah um and that obviously had some effects because i know I've heard of these things over the years, like they call them outlaw leagues or, or whatever that, you know, up in Canada where, you know, if you're a guy that works for them, hockey Canada is going to be like, adios. Um, and that kind of happened to you got, well, I shouldn't say kind of, that's what happened to, to the officials in the BCHL. It was yeah, basically, so do you either come work for me or, you know, you either come work for us or, you know, you, you, you don't get to work anymore. Yeah, and like the kicker is, right, this isn't, the BCHL is not just some startup league. This is the 62nd year of operations for the BC Hockey League. So it's not, right. it's not some fly-by-night league. Like, there's yeah, been a lot a of speculation. We, we don't yeah. have a rule. People said we don't have a rule book. We don't have procedures. We don't have insurance. Like, we've been part of creating all of those things. I've been on the phone call with the insurance guy, asked him questions because I need to know stuff with my son's medical condition about like how our insurance is going to work. If I get injured on the ice, do I have to exhaust my own insurance? Like I would have had to under hockey Canada. And so we've right. got those assurances. This isn't some renegade league. Like this is 62 years. This is four or five years of 
the BCHL trying to work with Hockey Canada to not get to this point. And they just mm-hmm. listening to guys from the board office talk about it. And they're still trying to work with them, quite honestly. Like, like they're still trying to allow we're not shutting guys down from the that work for the BCHL from going and working their minor hockey stuff. They still want to allow yeah. those guys to go work that because it's a lot of the senior officials in the yeah. trail area. There's nine guys, eight, nine guys in the trail area that are all senior officials. Like that's huge ramifications. They're technically not allowed to go out and mentor these new officials anymore. So what, There's, so as, as you understand it, so what was the break, right? So, so from, from your kind of perspective, what well, what what caused, was the reasoning right yeah, for BCHL what, what, to do it? Yeah, what what was the like like just as they, as has been described to you or as what you think you know what what do you yeah? Hockey Canada for a long time has favored the major junior route, okay. and the BCHL has proposed that it's not necessarily the best route for a lot of kids. You're seeing a lot more Canadian kids want to go the U.S. college route. And they can't do that if they play major junior hockey because major junior hockey in Canada to the NC2A is is considered a professional hockey league. Yeah. Right. So they made some, from my understanding, the way it was explained in our phone calls is they made some proposals to hockey Canada about how they could restructure the tier, what we call the tier two junior a model to make Mm -hmm. it more inclusive for the kids that want to go that route instead. Okay. And as we all know, a lot of hockey is a lot of old boys club, right? And there's until Politics we get some everywhere, new, right? Some yep. new blood in there, a lot of people are hesitant for change. Like, yeah, in all structures, well, that makes right? sense. Because so. especially when, like, you know, they're looking at it as a league point of view, saying, "Hey, we want to continue to provide this opportunity for guys to come through us and go maybe the, the D one route, yeah, and make some tweaks or whatever that could possibly benefit the players." And it's just one of those things, right? It's change. And maybe the people on the other side are like, whoa, change. No, this is the way we do it because this is the way we've always done it. One of, one of the issues that I know that they've had, and I've talked about it with some other guys is if you're under 18, you're not allowed to play tier two junior A hockey outside of your province. So an Alberta kid couldn't go to BC and play back, et cetera. Okay. So they wanted to open that up because in major junior, you're allowed to do that. So a kid can get drafted out of BC, go to Manitoba and play as a 16 year old in Manitoba. And they wanted to open, open that up because there's maybe there's a 16 year old kid that wants to come out to BC because the BCHL graduates the most NC2A kids out of any more than all the other major or tier two junior programs combined in Canada. The BCHL graduates the most. So, okay they wanted to help open that pathway up for maybe some kids that wanted to explore that, that knew at 16, that that's the route that they wanted was NC2A. They're not interested in going major junior. Yeah. And I know that was one of the, the issues that they had going forward. That makes sense. Yeah. So it, it obviously sounds like it, it, all of it came down to a player development decision. That's really where it all came from. And, and I mean, the referees, I'm sure that there's other things, Ross, but yeah. that's that like, I'm not on the board, right? I can't speak yeah. to that. That's just one yeah. of the issues that I know that they had brought forth to Hockey Canada. Yeah. Well, and I, just, I think you could find it. There's a memorandum out there that BC mm-hmm. Hockey, I believe it was two years ago, put forward to Hockey Canada. It's like 30 some odd pages about okay. proposals that they could make to make junior yeah. hockey 
better. It, it just, it just like, it's like just from what's been explained, what I was uh, trying, where I was going with this was, it just sounds like they had an idea for player development and they couldn't get the two sides together so they went and did their own thing and it sucks that now the the referees are the innocent bystanders in this right like and, so and players you guys well, right because players yeah. players that step on the ice for the bchl after september 30th can no longer go back to hockey canada freely gotcha. they have to they have to apply to be okay. reinstated back so, into hockey. Canada. So not even like, hey, you have to wait a year or anything like that. Like, well, no, so. yeah, no, they could. So they could sit out the year, Nate. But if they want, say, okay. say, say, you got some sixteen-year-old from out of province gets real homesick. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do this, right? And he wants to go back and play with his buddies, play yeah. junior B back in Ontario. Yeah. He would have to apply to Hockey Canada to be reinstated back into the Hockey Canada. Oh, system. really? Okay. So he could yeah. he couldn't just decide, hey, you know, December time frame coming around. Either a, no, nope. he's not getting the ice time he thought. He gets injured, or b, like, man, I just want to go back home. It, it, he he has to apply. Yeah, to come back. There's no kind and, of free. And there's there's no guarantee that they accept his application either. It's not okay. a guaranteed thing. Wow. Like we now have is- an official. We've had officials apply because they can't go and coach their kids. Right now, hockey Canada is wow. hockey Canada is not allowing them to go and coach their kids' teams because they're working with wow. the BCHL. So that gotcha. so that kind of answers my next question, where I'd say like, hey, what what happens if you know uh, someone says, hey, I want to throw my hat in the ring for the BCHL and gets hired, but hey, you, you know, you're a you're a new guy, or you know, you're you're a fill in, and you're going to work one, two, three games in a season. So let's say come Thanksgiving, uh, you know, American Thanksgiving, or end of, end of november you've worked one game but you're on the bchl roster does that mean that you've got to apply to go back to hockey canada because you worked you know one game in the bchl so the first thing there is thankfully because this is the only hockey that we can work mm-hmm. beyond another league that we can get into in a little bit later called the jphl which is like a minor hockey style development league this is the only hockey that i'm allowed to work this year basically so We've got 57 okay. officials on staff and we've okay. got 17 teams. So there's not going to be anybody that only gets one game come end of November. Okay. Yeah. So, I'm, all right, so, I'm sitting so here right now so by the end of November. If my schedule falls in properly, I'll have about 17 games by the end of November. And okay. that's taking okay. that's taking weekends off to make sure that I'm home with my wife and kids. Okay. Yeah. Do that kind of stuff too. I mean, so yeah. I mean, basically it's just like we would call it here. You're a full-time referee for the, bchl just kind of like the guys here that go full-time in the sp or the coast or anything like that you're basically right full-time pro hockey referee i mean and that's one of the yeah and that's one of the things that like a lot of guys might be concerned or or from the outside looking in going well if the bchl is breaking with hockey canada you know i mean the ushl the north american uh hockey league they've got a lot more than 57 folks right so they've got yeah. plenty of folks that are going to work one or two games yeah and, and that, that was the system different thing that, that yeah. was the big thing that we heard coming in right is like well you've only got 57 like you guys are going to have trouble staffing that but again they weren't thinking that this is the only hockey that a lot of these guys are going to be able to work they're not going to yeah, get right. pulled away to work a western league game in the last minute they're not get pulled away to work a university game at the last minute Mm-hmm. And and right. yeah, yeah, we don't have a big wealth of guys that say somebody goes down with an injury or somebody gets sick. Brad can't just sit there pulling uh like a midget triple A kid up to come work his very first game, right? So yeah, it, it's gonna be a little bit 
touch and go that way. But again, we've got 57 guys that he's really happy with that like on the calls, they all seem like great dudes. And the guys that I've met out of the trail area are fantastic guys. Like we're going to get a lot of hockey. So that's awesome. I'll be, I'll be interested to see how uh, the BCHL works development. You know, I mean, cause like, again, this, this is the first year, right. But so as, as year three and four rolls along where it's like, Hey, we need to start moving guys up and, you know, and moving, moving guys in and moving guys up. I'd be interested to see kind of how that, that plays, plays out. Right. You know? So speaking to that, the other league independent league that's coming through here, um, we've got what's called the HSL and the JPHS, the JPHL and it's junior prospect hockey league. And it's U18 stuff, U17, mm-hmm. U16, all that kind of level. Um, they've got their own officiating staff. They've been around for five, six years as well. I know that we've Brad has reached out to them because one of the directing officials on the HSL is the old 88 card, the largest human to ever step foot on NHL ice, Mike Civic. Yes, sir. And they were hired into the NHL at the same time. So there's a little bit of a camaraderie there, right? Okay. Yeah. And so we're going to be able as BCHL officials to go out and work JPHL showcase events and help mentor those next level of officials too. Right. So that's perfect. So like we've got, we've got a U18 showcase coming up here in Lethbridge where I live now this weekend. And I'm going to work three, four games for the JPHL and go work with some officials there and see how they're doing. We've got uh, okay. a guy come out of Cranbrook that is a linesman for the BCHL. And I'm going to work with him as a referee on the ice. For that he did some like u18 double a stuff in cranbrook when he was allowed to skate for beastie hockey so okay as far as awesome. i know we're gonna have those and then hopefully like guys are gonna see how things are going in the bchl guys are gonna see yeah. how we're getting treated in the bchl because we're getting treated really well by the league and by the officiating crews so like guys are gonna see it and like maybe guys that are new coming up want to explore that avenue too right so. you're you're what it sounds like too like you guys have the opportunity to become a destination league meaning guys want to get there especially if you know like with how you guys are being treated obviously you guys have a great boss a guy that skated in the nhl for a very long time and it's games, one of yeah. those things where now you guys are going to you know you guys could potentially create a culture where the guys on the outside looking in are like man, I really wish I could go do what they're doing. Well, it's just, yeah, that's just it, right? Like, and I'm in a really advantageous spot too, where like Cranbrook is three hours for me. Trail six hours, that's a bit of a haul, but Brad can use me in other centers because for me to fly into Kelowna or to Abbotsford and work games in Surrey, Langley and stuff like that, it's $350 round trip. It's yeah, almost the same not- price, right? So he can move me yeah. or- I'm in a position where he can move me around as he sees fit and where he needs guys. Um, so it's, and you're, you're right. Like it's, we get treated really well. Our pay scale is really nice. Um, and it's, yeah, guys, I think are going to start to see how we're treated, the things that the league's doing with us and for us. And guys are going to start seeing that it's, it's possibly a way to get to the next level. Oh, absolutely. And I, I know the new, without, the newest, without the newest, the newest NHL's hire just worked his last amateur game in the BCHL final last year in Grady Hamilton. And, so. I, and I was just going to say, without naming any of the, the names of anyone, I, I know you, you've told me you guys have some support from that top three letter league. So 
Yep. You got you so guys. Are... I, well, I, I mean, you can name them, right? Like our officiating man, mentor and managers this year, Kelly Sutherland, uh, Jay Shear, and uh, Shane Hayer. So, like, well, there you go. That's that's a lot of experience for us to draw from and get on Zoom calls and ask questions. Hey, how do you handle this, right? Kelly, what do we do when we forget to put our teeth in to make a call on the NH on the web on the uh, on TV? Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You smile away and look like <laughs> yeah. you're uh, you took a puck for a living. Love so, it. It's. Yeah. I mean, it, and then you got Brad, right? Lazar, which worked eighteen hundred games in the NHL, right? Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Thirty the, years the, on the, the ice the, for him. So. Yeah, and this the staff at the top is there for sure. That's so cool. let's let's talk about the league itself because you guys got some really cool locations that you get to work in. Um, obviously, you were just in Trail, and yep. uh, it's funny because Great Orange Rink, Columbia yep. River, right out the back door. It's a phenomenal view. Man. Like, yeah, I mean, you sent me that picture, and I was like, wow, that's just that's amazing. And yeah. the best what part is, you? Ross, is you you look out the other side, so the direct opposite end, and you're basically going up a mountain the other direction. It's wild. It's a, it's great. The drive in there is going to be no fun when I got to make it in the winter. The snow tires are going to go work out. Yep. But driving in there like late fall, whew. and to see that barn, the guy said like that barn, second round of playoffs, first round of playoffs, it just gets hopping because it's about twenty two hundred seats. They've got, I think they told me twenty six hundred capacity, and they just pack it out. So for standing, that's awesome. Yeah, and then some of the other locations like. Um... I'm not too familiar with the teams in the league. I I, I know trail because uh, this funny story. So my, my dad's college buddy somehow got his hands on some, I don't know if they're practice jerseys or game jerseys from the trail smoke eaters from like the sixties from when they won one of the uh, world championships. Cause right. Yeah. Th they have a few 60, world championships. 61, I think is the last one where they were world okay. champions. And, um, and it's orange and this thing is this thing has seen better days um i, I think, think it's wool. like so like i know of trail because just because of the connection with that jersey and we're trying to get uh one of the current ones for my dad <laughs> but talk about some of the other places some of the other teams like some of the fun stuff so, you've seen working that league like i've only been fortunate enough to work cranbrook because our travel budget hasn't been huge okay. up into, like and still not huge right but they expanded the travel budget because we've only got 57 officials this year but like okay. some of some of the barns you see there like penticton goes full dark with blue strobes when they when they score a goal oh. so but and like talking to the boys that work there you don't have to get numbers it's basically an nhl off ice crew because they've been doing it for so long you just That's go to the so box awesome. they tell you who they got and it's there. And you say yes. Yeah. And you say, <laughs> like, yep, sure. If that's who you got, that's who you got. I believe you. They'll go to the video. Like in thanks, the AJHL, in that. the AJHL, it was the same way up in Okotoks. Like Okotoks literally has an NHL crew working that box. It's guys awesome. that worked for the Flames. So you roll up to the box. If you got the goal, you tell them the goal. I need help with the assists. They're like, don't worry about it. We got it. My very first game up there. Um, their head of office is a guy named Tyler King who used to work in Brooks. So I formed a good relationship with him down there and I roll into Okotoks and they're like, Hey, we've got video replay here. If you, if we've got something different for the assists, are you okay with us changing it? And I look at him, I said, is Kinger running your guys' office? And they said, yeah. And I said, 
he already knows that my answer is I don't give a shit. If you guys have the <laughs> right. right numbers, yeah. I don't care. The scouts are going to see yep. what they're going to see, and it doesn't affect my stat line. My stat line is nope. penalties. Yeah, so we don't we don't get judged on memorization no. of goals and assists. Right? No. Yeah. So they just cares? they just laughed and they said Kinger just won a bunch of money off of all of us because that's exactly what he said you'd say. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So it's it's nice rolling into places like that. Like the off ice crew at Crabrick is a bunch of old guys that were there when the Kootenai ice was there. They got all kinds of stories about watching Mike Comrie play WHL hockey out there. Jared Stoll. So it's really good. Uh, got a tour of the trail smoke eaters whole facility last weekend, Ross, and like their owner just pumped a bunch of money into that building. And Love it is it. a, it is a class class looking facility that they've got there. That's great. So I mean, that's awesome. Um, I mean, and then, but do, but dude, like looking at the map, this stuff, I mean, you're talking, you know, there's a lot of opportunities get some tragic travel budget get out to you know vancouver there's two or three i mean three teams in and around vancouver you got chilliwack yeah chill surrey uh coquitlam langley yeah. there's like four teams there there's three on the island uh, which would pa which would just be such an awesome trip right powell river might be tough for me to get to because it's wild you got to take two ferries to get to that location i was they were at our little showcase and trail and i was talking to their coach and he's like their travel budget is like fifty to seventy-five thousand dollars more than anyone else because if they got to come to the mainland, it's two ferries each time, each way. Yeah, at oh, least so, right. If they don't have an airplane, you know, just get, no, they, a, little, just get a little puddle, you know, yeah. just get a little float plane, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just ferry, ferry guys over three at a time. That's way cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yep. exactly. That's so cool. yeah. So, but then like in the interior, you got uh, Merritt, Penticton, Kelowna, Salmon Arm vernon and they're all within like an hour of each other so you get talking okay. to the guys it's like you get these cool little rivalries like oh, going into cool. penticton on a friday night for a west k rivalry and they've got full standing room five thousand people packed out in that barn and it's like because you got buses you of guys got fans from, west from both k coming down yep coming yeah. down getting rowdy and it's so it's it's yep. uh, like it's it's definitely fun when the it's gonna be fun. close yeah. Um like, like back when I was when I was in the SP uh Macon and Columbus, Georgia, when, when Macon came in, Columbus was still in the SP. They're only a couple hours apart, so the fans would bus each way. Yeah. Right? So you'd have yeah. you'd have fans of both teams. So that's very similar, you know, in, in that case there, you got fans of both teams in the building and it just makes it even more rowdy. Well, oh, and, and and Penticton's got such a big building. It's like 4,500 seats in that thing. So like, Oh, that's awesome. It's, it's a major junior rink. Like the Western league has looked at expansion into that place, but the V's are so entrenched there. That's one of the original four teams in the BCHL, like them and Vernon okay. are two original franchises in that league. So they're there for, they've been there for 62 years. Right. So longer probably going back. Yeah. And so it's like, and the V's are like a class organization. The guy said like pre-game, you come out from the ref tunnel and instead mm -hmm. of it being all lit up so that the arena is dark, it's all blue lights. Like the V's are white, blue, black. So it's all blue okay. lights running across the ceiling. So you're coming out full dark, blue lights everywhere. Like that's cool. I'm really hoping that I can get a trip in there because I'm going to be pumped coming out of there. Just oh, flying absolutely. out of the tunnel. Hopefully, I don't forget the skate guards. Just bite it coming out. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't and don't uh, and don't trip over the uh, you know the uh, carpet the, like the the like carpet the yeah, yeah, yeah for the anthem <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that was the Canucks that was the Canucks anthem singer that year 
Yeah. Oh, so yeah, no. Like, it, it just looks like an unreal circuit too, because right, you got the teams kind of clustered together. They're all in these small towns, and I, I can't imagine there's much to do on a uh, Sudbury Saturday night. <laughs> P- PG is well, like look it up. Prince George is like twenty five thousand people, and they support a major junior team in the Cougars and the Spruce Kings. And it's like the guys that go up there and the guys that live up there say it's just unreal because it's just you're right. It's a small town. There's nothing to do. We worked my first year in that league. We had a playoff series that outside of a final was the longest, second longest bus ride that you could have in the league. It was 12 hours, Prince George to Cranbrook. Oh my goodness. First round playoff match. The only way it would have been longer is if they'd have played Wenatchee. Jeez. Yeah. That's nuts. So like, it's like to do that, to play junior hockey and do that is just crazy. And they're bussing each way too. They're bussing each way. They are on the iron lung. They need Walt punching holes in the front of that thing to make it look mean. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, I and like, we love it. So first year we were in COVID protocol and it was like, they were maxing out ticket sales with COVID protocol. So it was like 2200 in the mm-hmm. Cranbrook arena, roughly is what they were saying. I missed game six because it didn't make sense for us to ship out for a single. And they said that they got like 3,500 in the rink for that game. And that you could, the guys that were linesing that I'm friends with out there were texting me that are like, we can't hear each other talk. It's just so crazy. Wow. Love it. So, yeah, I love working in, in, in uh, buildings like that. And especially like at that level too, right? The small town, the whole town supports the team junior hockey the kids are you know uh, revved up to 11 Um, yeah 11 is more than 10 spinal tap (laughs) they were they're just jumped up ready to go like first hit is always a big hit there's no soft rub out in playoffs in junior hockey it's just let's pin the ears back and go kids dude that's that's awesome i mean that reminds me of kind of you know team is defunct but uh oatana minnesota so south of Minneapolis, first place I ever went to that had snowmobile parking, right? Uh, you know, Owatonna is a town of like 1,500, and they had a 3,000-seat a arena, and they would fill that thing on a Friday night. You're like, how does, like, double the amount of people from what, you know, this cow, it's, it's a cow town in southern Minnesota, right? Um, yeah, I mean, that's just such a cool, well, th- those are the, exp- yeah. It's the big draw, right? That's the big yeah. city. The, the guys are coming in from out of town, like. The, yeah. the the guys with dual citizenship were saying like when they go down and work Wenatchee, the Wenatchee Wild used to just put on a show between periods. They have quads out in the middle of the ice whipping donuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, sounds sounds about right because like in in the states with you know single A, uh, whether it be the SP or the Fed or whatever, I, I I couldn't tell you how many games I worked where it was like Wiener Dog Grace Night or <laughs> yeah, t- I mean. Um, Oh my god! What some of the just the things they would like the sumo they, wrestling between periods? Uh, oh, they'd have man. they'd have people on the big wheels like they have drug people on the big wheels like trying yeah. to race each other around the ice. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, you know, you get the Zam driver like four minutes to do the ice because they're they're trying to get a fifteen minute show. Uh, I, you know, in between periods. I think they went to dual Zambonis in uh, in Wenatchee just so that they could get it done. But it'll be it, it'll be interesting to see with them switching because they they got the Winnipeg ice this year shifted down from WHL. That's right, to round now 16, they're in the Western yeah. League. 
yeah so yeah so game stories obviously right so any any good ones from the vchl any good ones from uh maybe the aj aj i've got aj i had one of my favorite fights i was up in grand prairie which is way north east of the province here and i'm in there for back to back same two teams bonneville and grand prairie this was last last year two years ago last year no two years ago and uh we're sitting up there and two big boys one's a rookie one's a 19 year old and they're just giving each other the sticks in the corner i'm far side and i wheel over and i'm like fellas we got each other both nights so tonight you're either going to entertain me or we're going to sit for 10. and they just <laughs> look at each other no look way. back at me don't say a word and they just both go ejecto on their gloves and just start <laughs> punching and i'm like thank you that's all i wanted <laughs> yeah five so is just, less than 10. they're just beating on each other and the kid that's a rookie the whole time is he's just swinging over the top on this guy so we come out the next night he's back and they're both back in the lineup i'm like hey glasser i got told it was your first fight last night he's like yeah it was i was like he did pretty good he's like thanks i was like you want a pro tip though he's like what's that i was like when they got a visor punch up and he's like yeah my hand's pretty cut up i was like you don't say are you sure about that that's great yeah it's Love uh it. and that it's just you get uh we had a we had a coach from canmore boris rebelka who'd been in the league for years and they took an ajhl team over to russia and he was telling us stories at uh for like a junior showcase tournament hosted oh, by boy. locomotive Wait. Wait, wait, when was this, right? So, like, taking them to Russia, oh, but how long ago? 2017, long time 2018. Oh, wow. So, before, fairly re before, before all the major bullshit, but still, okay. like, some, some of the Putin bullshit. Right, um, yeah. So, they're over in Locomotive playing, and they get beat pretty good by Locomotive first game. And he's telling us a story at one of our officiating camps. And, uh, and then we saw him later talk to him in the hallway or whatever and he was telling us a story about how they go into the final so they lose that first game to locomotive and then they go through and they just start beating the wheels off of everybody playing hard hockey and they get to the final and locomotive calls five of their junior kids that were on full khl scholarships back to the junior team to play this final <laughs> And his his assistant because they didn't want to lose yes yeah. because they saw the train coming and he so he's telling us this story about the other coach he's like this is bullshit we got to go appeal this we got to go talk they, they can't dress these five kids and boris says he opens the curtain to the arena points out to center ice and putin is sitting in the box oh and he looks and he goes you go appeal i want to go home <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's literally like and, slap shot. It's like when the team in slap shots, like they're yeah. like Oglethorpe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, Ogle, Oglethorpe. Oh, Ogle, it's oh like, my. Yeah. And yeah. So, like, oh and boy. So the assistant coach, the assistant coach was, a, was the head coach of Bonneville, who was also just a giant beauty. And he looked at him and he goes, Silver medal's good. <laughs> <laughs> and they lost five. I think they said they lost 5 1, but it was just like, listening to the stories that he came back with from russia were fantastic like it's yeah i 
back when I was linesing, we did a junior B game one night that we had 268 minutes in penalties. If you include all the tens, we had game misconducts for two coaches, five fights. I think I ate more punches than anybody that night because there was no clean breaks. I'm just <laughs> diving in between guys, trying to protect guys that are going down on the ice. Like, Oh, I love so, it. I don't know if you guys have it up there or down there, but like we've got called um, a match penalty on an official, right? And like you guys would call it like abusive official or yeah, something like that, right? Yeah. Like a physical abuse. Yeah, or... yeah. Yeah. So I back in 2009, I'm taking my very first, very first officiating clinic, right? And my instructor is sitting there and he's talking about how rare match penalty on an official is. 41 years. He's only ever had two. Okay. So I get scheduled to work my very first game as a linesman, U18, A-level hockey. So it's decent. It's not fantastic. It's a good way to get your feet wet as an older guy and someone that can skate. We finish the game and the coach is going off the ice and we have to go. Our ref room is right beside this coach that has been screaming at the head referee the whole time. And this head referee was old then. And he had worked junior hockey maybe 35 years before. Great guy. Fantastic stories. He goes to tell the coach that he didn't appreciate the way that he had yelled at him during the game. And the coach starts jabbing him with his finger in the middle of the chest. I get to go back to day two of my clinic and explain to my clinician are you sure that match penalties on officials are that rare? Because I'm one for one. <laughs> and so oh every goodness. time I'm in a clinic down here and I get that clinician, that story comes out. <laughs> these, like, these are gen- these are generally pretty rare, but listen to Eric's story real quick about how not rare it can be. Yep. So, Oh yeah. It, it, you know, it, it, it does happen. We had one yeah. last. We had one last year in an unsan, uh, non a non USA hockey sanctioned tournament in Wesley Chapel, where a um, uh, a parent uh, assaulted a referee. The, the Italian referee I was telling you about before we uh, before we started recording, Eric, our buddy Luigi. Yeah. Um. He had he had thrown this guy's kid out, and he gets off the ice, and the parent just takes him out. So. Jesus. you know sometimes like that kind of stuff happens um this past weekend university of tampa was in nashville playing vanderbilt yeah, that wonderful and, report that you sent me yep yep and the uh the assistant coach for vanderbilt didn't like a um standalone major that was called um and it was honestly a borderline like could have been even could have been a game or a dq but anywho, so he didn't like this call and decides I'm going to make a monkey gesture at the referees. Yeah, that's bad. So he makes the monkey gesture. Then he throws a stick on the ice. And then on the way out, he gives everybody the double or the two finger salute. What a guy. Um, he's, he's a real what? hero. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we, he we, showed you Ross. Yeah. Well, he showed our guys in Nashville and, like the guys up in Nashville aren't, um, they're they're good referees. Like the uh, the gentleman up there, uh, Keith Grooms, who runs the sh- uh, the uh, the ship up there, he's done a hell of a job. But um, these guys are all damn good officials, 
And this coach decided to make himself look like an ass. So he got himself a little four game sussy for, uh, <laughs> for his actions. So like, it, you never know what you're going to get. I mean, I've had in an SP game. I, I had a coach, um, throw a water bottle at Curtis Marowelli and then jump on the ice. Yeah. And uh, yeah. what goes through their mind when that happens? That's like, on I, YouTube. I, that you, you, can going... find, you can find that one on YouTube somewhere. Too, uh, no, no, no. How, that's a different one. How are you one. going the to one catch on me YouTube. when I can skate away? That's my big question. I, like, thankfully, yeah. I've never had that happen. But like, what's a parent or like somebody going to do that they're going to come out on the ice? I've got skates on. Not only are you not going <laughs> to catch me, but I'm just, if you do, I'm just going to like see cut and drag you around. Yeah, but yeah. The, the best, the funniest part of that story was uh, Jerome, the head coach of of uh, Columbus, had just had open heart surgery a couple months prior, so he's still rocking the zipper down his chest. <laughs> he jumps on the ice. I see him. I go over to him. I grab him. Like Jerome, you need to calm down because if you have a heart attack right now, I don't know what I'm going to do. Yeah, like I'm not giving you mouth to mouth. Exactly. I'm, <laughs> like, like, so I'm, I'm trying to get him off, the, encourage him to get off the ice. So finally, he turns around. We walk by where the puck is. And he looks at me, goes, "Ross, I'm taking the fucking puck." It's so like then that I like coach that grabs first base. Yeah. yeah. So I reach, I reach down. <laughs> I reach down to grab. I reach down to grab the puck, and the son of a bitch beats me to it. And then he takes the puck. Like, I'm taking my ball and going home. <laughs> the, the, the best thing is he should have gone to the scores box, grabbed another one out of the out of the cooler, and been like, you want a second? You need a pair? Just start <laughs> yeah, throwing more yeah. pucks at him. Start like, keep goalie this one. But yeah. then the, the, the best part of the story was, so we go to line up for the face-off, and he's standing in the corner by the door where he just left. And we're like, hey, you got to go. So he leaves. A few minutes later, we see him up in the stands. He's got a ticket in his hands. <laughs> Wait out. Hey, man, you can't kick me out. I bought a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was see, the that's best a part of it. Solution to, a, to a problem. Keep hey, modern solutions require modern, modern problems. Yeah, modern, modern problems, problems require modern, require modern, modern solutions. solutions. You can't even be angry at that point, right? You just got to be like, okay, right, well, I mean, you paid your, yeah. Now, whether or not he bought the ticket or if he got it, you know, one of the comp ones that was sitting in the locker room, but still. I mean, so whatever, well played, right? Like that's worth, that's worth at he least like a, a salute and a beer, yeah. you know? You got that one. Come yeah. down to the yeah. room after we got some white claws. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I I love the guy. So like anytime I've 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 seen him over the years, he's just just an absolutely great dude. Oh, man. Um man, good stories, good yeah. stories. Let's see. Um other than that, like when do you guys get Obviously you went going last weekend, right? Or you got going yeah, last, last weekend. Last you had your season, showcase and trail. Last season was yeah, it's a preseason showcase, so four teams um uh, it worked out really well because it's like four of the hardest teams for guys to get to. So Laz was in the arena that week, uh, meeting with all the teams, going over our rule book, going over all that kind of stuff, letting them ask questions because we cleaned up our rule book. We're not going directly off Hockey Canada. We got kind of like a hybrid Hockey Canada NC2A because that's where we're kind of graduating the guys. And then tomorrow night, Thursday night, Thursday or Friday, it kicks off. And BCHL is underway game That's one awesome. regular season puck drops so and then when's your uh when's your first regular season my game? first regular season games are set up october 6th 7th in cranbrook 
Uh, I get to go see Merritt Merritt back to back. So, and then it'll be, it'll be all right. Like, like I was saying last week to some of the guys, it felt like mid season hockey already. It was fast. Like, so the teams in the BCHL this year are allowed uh, two euros over as well. And like, they were good. Like Prince George has, has a 17 year old euro that's already committed to an NC2A scholarship somewhere in the States too. And he's a funny kid that he was like, asking questions and i looked at him i was like you know what you're asking questions that you know the answer to and they've got that in double ihf because i got buddies at ref in europe and we talk rule books all the time and he's like oh, okay you got me we're good <laughs> and then we just joked around the rest of the time that's awesome so, yeah love it well eric this has been an absolute blast we'll definitely have you back on maybe yeah, uh 100 maybe in the dog days of the season and yeah. hopefully you'll be rocking the uh the killer mustache that uh yes, that you the can don, grow the, the don van massenhoven approved facial hair man get that was like more curly cues right like just just old school aviator you know both my wife and my daughter hate it so it's, uh, <laughs> it's purely a hockey thing <laughs> absolutely so yeah we'll probably roll out game one and uh game one and two in cranbrook because it's back to back and i'll keep it and then i'll shave it and then grow it back in november for the november special and then and then once playoff time comes around it stays until playoffs are over this is the Perfect. only playoff beard we're allowed to have well there you go nothing so, wrong with a playoff then, mustache <laughs> no and it's uh it's yeah it's it's all good the boys out in crabrook last year when i rolled out they're like oh that's so good and one of them one of them was like 18 year old and i swear that kid could have grown a full beard in about two hours if he felt like it he just had some of the darkest facial hair i've ever seen just bugging him silty do you do you shave between periods like how do you keep that down he's like what are you talking about i was like I work with a guy now that has like the most epic, just the most epic mustache that literally, you know, we always ask him like, dude, do you spend like 20 minutes in the shower? You know, like three minutes for yourself and 17 minutes to make sure that you show you soap, you condition, you, you know, you get, you get that just epic mustache. He puts Sam Lloyd to like the shame, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just like, yeah, but a good mustache is worth it. I mean, you know, you've got Movember, but then you've got, you know, uh, mustache march with the mustache march, right? beard. But you have, but you can always like you can pre beard, yep, yep. You can pregame, yeah, right. January, fabulous mustache, February, right? <laughs> like you can just make up, like I mean, we can just keep going, right? So <laughs> it's all there. Yeah. No, it's okay. uh, like I said, I used to have a really great beard back when I was starting, and then like I got selected to work one kind of evaluation level tournament and. I was talking to some of the guys. I was like, man, do you think I need to shave my beard? And they just looked at me and they said, how many professional officials do you see with facial hair? Zero. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll say yeah. this, man. If you, if your facial hair looks good, right? Like, no, nope, sure, agree hundred percent. You know, but there's a lot and, of folks out there who just kind of let it go super scraggle and, and not yeah. good. And you're like, yeah, man, you need to get rid of that. No, I kept it. It's, it was good, but it's just, it was just tight and now i get a nice gray streak down my chin which comes with being 41 and it's it's less awesome when when my daughter's like oh you got some white hair there dad i was like yeah thanks because <laughs> of you it's your fault yeah it's all yeah. your fault kid it's, yeah all yeah. your fault 
Damn. There's, there's there's a reason, and you're ten and three. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, on that note, Eric, again, this has been awesome. Can't wait. Absolutely. We're definitely going to have you on again. Uh, Appreciate in the dog it, guys. Days of the, yeah. In the dog days of the season, when um, when you're you know. 30, 30 games deep in, into the year, and you, I'm sure you'll have some good six, six and a half hour, six and a half hour car rides to a three hour center yep. in Cranbrook because we're white knuckling it. We had one of those where we didn't get above <laughs> 70 kilometers driving through the pass. We couldn't see anything. We're just looking at each other. We're like, we're just oh, driving by field. Boy. We're just driving by field right now. Dude, you, you, so, you're just following the 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 18 wheelers lights in front of no, you, right? And you're like, if no, that guy goes off the road, we're, we're just, going off the road too. If, if we hear if we hear a rumble strip, we just know to correct a little bit back the other way. <laughs> yeah. it's, there's better. one there's one part Even where better. we come through from Lethbridge to the pass to the Crow's Nest Pass, which actually is a little bit past the pass, and it's just like cut road cut right between two giant rocks, and it's off a lake. So when it freezes over and it snows and then the wind kicks up coming out of the west, it's just a whiteout. So you've got sheer rock wall one side, sheer rock wall the other side, and you're just like, let's go. <laughs> just play autopilot take over. Yeah. yeah. Where's the Tesla when you need it? Just put it in auto drive and let it follow and hope that it still follows <laughs> that road. GPS, oh, GPS, please be updated. Right. 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 So, <laughs> Uh, well, safe travels, obviously. Thanks. Yeah, you know, yeah. After it's, that it's, story. A little, it's a little bit more difficult than traveling in Florida when it's like ninety yeah. degrees in December. But like we yeah, talked about, Ross, you know. that, whoa, 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 whoa. that humidity, whoa. I would. Well, die. hold on, 80, 70, 80. 78, oh, 78. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I have to put on a light spring jacket to go to Disney. Oh yeah. no! <laughs> oh no! They still wear like full-on parkas. It, uh, you know. So oh, it's it it's hilarious. If it drops below seventy-four, we, people are wearing parkas. We were there one year. We took my daughter, and my wife does all the Disney races non-hockey yeah. story we were there one year and so my wife was running the marathon at the end of january there and with wind chill it was minus six celsius and they were ready to cancel the race <laughs> yeah. and we're sitting there we're like just put on a sweatshirt you guys will be fine like you're not gonna oh die. dude some <laughs> of those some of those halves like one of my friends it was within the last few years did it and it was like it was going to be below freezing but yeah that, Which, that marathon, yeah, that's what that is, it was, right? So yeah. It would have been, it would have been twenty. My daughter was born yeah. like, 20, 2017. 2017 yeah. would have been the year. It was minus One six for the full marathon. The the half got canceled the day before because there was like massive lightning storm. Which okay, I get like some yeah. there's nothing there to protect you, and somebody will right. die. <laughs> and then the gators just get free food. Yep. But then it was like <laughs> we were in line to go be one of the princesses with my daughter, and it's like. It was chilly, but it wasn't like cold. I had like a spring jacket on and like I had to finally put on pants. Yeah, and there's this family there's this family from Cuba with us in front of us and they're talking and they're like toque gloves, big sweaters, jackets. And we're just like sitting there chilling. My daughter's in her little princess dress running around. They're like, Aren't you guys cold? We're like, it's like minus forty back home. So no, we're good. Thanks. So yeah, like, <laughs> like there there is a solid you're, forty you're, degree Celsius difference here. Like we're good. Yeah. You're yeah. looking at them like yeah, the... minus minus and minus forty is minus forty regardless. Right. So yeah, no, like, that's exactly we, it, right? We, yeah. We, like we that, left. That's where they meet. And it that's was like they meet, it was like right? a, it was like a fifty it was like a fifty degree Celsius yeah. temperature change because I think it was like plus ten. 
but that like yeah. that humidity sucks i die in that stuff and so like it was a little bit chillier but like i said it was like for us it was like spring jacket we had to buy my daughter too because she was getting cold but she was like four but it was just like these people are like sitting there freezing their asses off and we're like okay like it's it's cold it's but like get some hot cold. chocolate get some hot chocolate or some tea you'll be fine <laughs> yeah you'll be okay so typical in florida man. yeah just don't hop on big yeah. thunder mountain and you'll be okay yeah and you're yeah, just looking at him like the, the meme with the guy with the rope around his neck looking over like first time first time yeah <laughs> we did that too when i was playing rugby and we went to scotland and it was like or, yeah scotland then i went to a football game in seattle in november and it was like 15 degrees and or 12 degrees and raining in the football game and i'm running around in shorts and a jacket and everybody in seattle's like freezing their asses off and they're like what are you guys doing i'm like it's minus 20 back home man like this is this is all good for me <laughs> <laughs> this is a balmy spring weather right here. We're good. Oh man, I would. That's awesome. Yeah. My my little Florida butt would freeze right off. Well, that's that's just <laughs> it, right? Like, you want to go up to Seattle for the showcase? Yeah, in October, he holds yep. a showcase up at <laughs> holds a showcase in Chilliwack in February. Ross isn't going to be asking me if you got enough staff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gonna, might. I might. He's gonna I'll have his own work. little personal hand. He's got hand hand warmers stuffed everywhere. Well, I'll, I'll, you know? I'll totally be the guy out there with gloves on, like. which is which, <laughs> and you will get absolutely lambasted. I've worked I've worked in rinks up here where if it's minus thirty five Celsius outside, it's minus forty Celsius inside because it's just a steel Quonset, man. It is oh. so cold, and like yeah. Speaking of the oh. Seattle showcase, why do you guys hate letting Canadian referees come down and work? That's, that's a like you, you okay so you you need to direct all questions about that to the department of state or whoever handles visas oh my like, god uh, it's so bad it's, we, we, it's so wild we, because you guys can come up here no problem like we, we're using american officials in our league this year because yeah. they can come up and they can work lower mainland like seattle to vancouver is like two hours i think it's not that mm -hmm. far yeah. it's a pretty nice little drive Dude, it was a big deal even 15, 15 or so years ago. We had, you know, we had some Canadian dudes come down to work the ODP. And that that process was a huge pain in the ass. And I don't I don't exactly know. And it's all it all has to do with visas, right? It has to do with just yep. just being able to make money. Um well, I know Uncle Sam had, wants to check my bank account if I come right, down. Yeah. And because the thing is, right? Like ASU has a D1 school now and it's yeah. only a two and a half hour drive to Great Falls and then it's just like a nice little hour and 14 hour and a half flight down to Phoenix and like Phoenix <laughs> in January sounds a lot better than amazing in like June or July dude my, my in-laws live in Phoenix and I'll tell you right now Phoenix in January is amazing yeah amazing. and like so my daughter right. and I took up golf and I like I wouldn't mind swinging sticks in the middle of January when I can't do it here dude, yeah and then, and then go work a game you know ASU gets more uh, gets more attendance than the Coyotes do anyway, right? Yeah. So like, and it's I mean, a zoo. That's... Like the clips of that last year, are, <laughs> Mullet is just a zoo, and yeah. I'm like, oh man. So I met, uh, is it Matt Leaf, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was at the one Western League thing that I ever got invited to, and I was asking him because it was right after ASU got their D1 designation. I'm like, just out of curiosity how does a Canadian get invited down to work this stuff? He's like, Whoa, it's really hard. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I was like, but can we do it? That's my question. <laughs> I can, right? I mean, like, can you know, I Mike, do it? Yeah. Like Mike McCreary and Kurt Marowelli, like those guys like prove that it can be done. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, they're, they're Canadians. 
they also have connections, but they're Canadians. No, I think those guys like, are dual. I think Mike are they yeah. dual? Yeah. Yeah. The that, issue is, is like, so <laughs> I could get a, I could get sponsored Blah. for a P1, but that's for a professional organization, right? Like that's how the yeah. Western League does it is because yep. they're technically classified as a professional. They can get their Canadian guys down to the American division through their P1s, but it's like, man, so we got a real fortunate, um, fortunate one of our officiating managers is steve peterowski out of the big 10 there too so or hockey east so yeah. i'm gonna i'm gonna try and maybe reach out to him and be like hey just out of curiosity like can canadians do this is there a pathway that we can do it like mm-hmm. i like i like arizona arizona's pretty cool like there's less snakes in the winter i deal with <laughs> enough rattlesnakes up here yeah <laughs> oh man Oh, uh, like I live it. close to North Dakota. Like you can fly me into North Dakota too. I'd like to work a seventeen thousand seat college game with those guys going absolutely <laughs> bonkers. Oh yeah, I've, I've oh, heard. Oh man, I've heard some good stories about that building from uh, yeah. from Gino Junior. So yeah, get get hired, Ross. We'll go work an Air Force game together. Like there you go. Well, I'm I'm working on uh, I'm working on Junior to get me and uh, me and Nat out to Colorado Springs, mainly because I want to work I I want to line with Nat and I want to make all of the cadets call him Major Swanson while we're on. <laughs> <laughs> I just man, I, and I, they have to stand at the position you, of attention when they're talking. Anytime I call them, I yeah. call a penalty. Oh, I want to do is I want to call a penalty on them and then make them stand at attention and be like, I'm sorry. An officer is speaking right now. <laughs> get him, get him a shirt that says Major Swanee, Swami, Swanee, Swanee, Samsonite. Samsonite. Yes, yeah. dude, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Samson, oh, man, I, I was, was way off. off. <laughs> Those are IOUs, sir. Those are as yeah. That, that's that's as good as money. That you might want to hang on to that one. That was a Lamborghini. Hang on to that one. Yeah, that was a Lamborghini. <laughs> You wore two pairs of gloves this whole time. <laughs> You're yeah, going through the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, dude, we no, can, we man, <laughs> we could talk all night. <laughs> well, it's, it's like a ref room, right? Like, yeah, have, and and that's just sit there and do step brothers. Me and one of the guys that moved away from down here, we would literally <laughs> look at each other, and just do step brothers quotes in between every intermission. Show up to a game, open the door. We're here to fuck shit up. You wanted to go do karate in the garage? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Did we just it's become even... best friends? Yep. 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 And it's even more fun to do it when you're on the ice. Do you oh. want to play repeat? We we yeah. used to do oh, yeah. we used to do low. There was another official that was here that moved away. We used to do low bones all the time on good penalty calls. Yes, really good job. Good job. There. Little shores, a little uh, letter Kenny action. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, yeah. We we got to cut it off, otherwise we're just going to keep going. Yeah. Um, so with with that, this is the third attempt to wrap this up. <laughs> um, we hope you guys enjoyed this epi- epi- episode. There's if an I episode speak, here somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Try not to with, laugh. Uh, with PCHL referee Eric Rushin. Eric, again, this was fun. We're going to do it again. Um, any closing thoughts? No, we'll, uh, maybe we can get some guys from the BCHL on and we'll, uh, get some good stories. Like I know that there's some guys up, uh, up in Prince George that I don't know if they're willing to share it, but like there's guys within the league that 
have had to do tried to do this appeal process through Hockey Canada, and I'm sure that they'd mm-hmm. love to just like, yeah. Well, we can uh, no, like, and, and like I had said to you when we were chatting earlier today, like, I would definitely love to get more guys um, from your league on because. Uh, honestly, since I've taken this podcast over, we we haven't had many Canadians on, and we really want to start getting more guys from uh, the Great White North to uh, to come on the podcast. Because and it's it's wild because like you guys tell all your stories about how you work with guys from this section, this section, this section, right? And like yeah, the development program for Hockey Canada doesn't allow us to do that. Like we don't work with guys from Ontario, we don't work with guys from the East Coast, none of that stuff. So yeah. It's yep. for me, it's this just is so like different. The first yeah. interprovincial connections that I've got to have is like going to BCHL and working with these guys. And like I said, just talking to them all through our rule book meetings and stuff. They all seem like really great guys. And the, the one girl we've got on staff is, is they all seem really solid. So awesome. it'll be That's a fun awesome. year. It'll be well, nice, nice challenges for everybody to work we, playoffs. Uh, we at yeah. Team Stripes definitely wish the officials in the BCHL nothing but success and an absolutely amazing it, guys. hockey yeah. season. So it's like I said, it's it's fast. It should be good. It should be great hockey this year. So. Hell yeah! Well, go out there and uh, as you said, fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Hopefully not the penalty gum. calls. That's that's the goal is to not fuck that shit up. <laughs> no, I mean, you know no, what? No. Yeah. But have and fun. obviously, you know, be the best team on the ice and always be undefeated. Absolutely, so, a guaranteed that, win night for me when I roll up. Exactly, we never lose a game. So haven't lost one yet. Nat, anything? I got nothing, man. This one speaks for itself, guys. So I hope everyone has a great evening or whatever you're doing when you're listening to this. Yep. Well, everybody, thanks again for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode of the Team Stripes podcast. This episode brought to you by Team Stripes Academy. Learn from some of the top officials in the world. Start today at TeamStripesAcademy.com. You're listening to the Team Stripes Podcast, the podcast for hockey referees. Each show, we discuss the world of officiating and find out that not everything is in black and white.